It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. We're focusing on the Roth conversion today, but specifically, when should you be considering it? And also, what steps should you be taking to pull it off without any mistakes along the way? That's the key. We're helping you with that and more on this hour of Wise Money. You know, they used to allow you a sort of a, a mulligan with the Roth conversion. You could sort of do it over. That's not, right. not anymore. So we're going to help you with those steps. And then but we're going to start with why do a Roth conversion in the first place. If you have a question for the show or you need any help, reach out to us. We'd love to we'd love to hear from you. You can call or text us 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. OnlineWiseMoneyShow.com is where you can find us. And then all over social media, we're there as well. Just search the Wise Money Show. Okay, so like Josh said, what, what are the steps to, to doing a Roth conversion? And I don't mean... Uh, you know, press this button and sign on this line. No, 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 no. All the stuff that goes before that. And trust me, there's a lot. We're going to go through it right now so that you can avoid those mistakes and uh, and capture this opportunity. That's what that's what tax planning is all about. Avoid surprises, uh, i.e. mistakes and capturing opportunities. Before we get into those steps, though, why, why do a Roth conversion in the first place? And then when are some of the time periods you might want to consider? When, when is what, what we're in spring here? So when is the harvest ripe? Like when, when's the, when's the yeah. fruit ripe to consider a Roth conversion? Well, to me, I, I think you need to pause and just consider what is a Roth conversion. You're taking money from an IRA that you have not paid taxes on yet, possibly, maybe maybe you already have, but it's in a tax-deferred account, and you're moving it over into a tax-free account. So why would you do something like that? Most people, when they're using, I'm, I'm going to go to the traditional IRA for just a second. When you contribute to a traditional IRA or you have a 401k at work, you're contributing to that account because you want some tax savings in the year that you earned that money. And you're hoping that down the road, someday in the future, you can pay taxes at a lower rate after you've enjoyed some tax sheltering for potentially a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, you do a Roth conversion when that someday has come. You, you found yourself now in a lower tax bracket than the year that you originally contributed. And so you're taking advantage potentially of being in that lower tax bracket. I want to pay the tax now and then get it into the Roth and let it grow tax-free forever. I want to pay the tax now. But I don't need possession of the money right now. Right. I, I want to keep it invested, and 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 you know have it enjoy. You know, yes, it's choppy right now, and you're, we're that's part of being an investor. You're going to go through choppy times and negative times, absolutely. But over the long period of time, that a, a a consistently applied good strategy, good investment strategy, should overcome that, and you'd have those dollars growing tax free in a Roth. Uh, because you've made that Roth conversion. Yeah, and I might argue that it's not that I necessarily want to pay the taxes now. I might never want to pay the tax, but I. But, but <laughs> what, that's philosophical, Kevin. Yeah, yes, I don't want to pay taxes either. <laughs> right. So, uh, so there you go. No, but 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 what I might want to do is I might want to shift that money because if we take 
just for uh, simplicity's sake, we're going to say we have a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. If we move money from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, it goes from growing and creating a, a, a more of a taxable event in the traditional IRA to creating a tax-free event in the Roth IRA. A future tax burden compared to no future tax burden. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's important to recognize it that way. I was meeting with, uh, actually, sadly, a widow earlier this week. And uh, she's got about $2 million in pre-tax IRAs. Now, she also has life insurance proceeds, and she's got um, some uh, Roth IRA dollars as well. There's no way she's going to spend all this money. And she knows it as well. And so I'm explaining the concept of the Roth conversion to her because she's just right now living on life insurance proceeds. And uh, and she didn't like the idea. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> she <laughs> didn't want to pay the she tax, because, to Kevin's point. <laughs> because, yeah, because in her point, or in her mind, it's I'm never going to have to pay tax on this money. This money is never going to be taxed. And so I'm not I'm not going to do this. Why would I pay? It was about seven grand of tax that we were going to create by doing this Roth conversion. And trust me, I wanted to create a lot more. Um, <laughs> and, and she didn't want to pay it because she she said she she she's 60 years old. She said. I'm not going to be here in 10 years. So I'm never going to have to pay on this money. And it's like, yeah, but but your oh, kids will. Word. Someone will be paying tax on this money. And by the way, because of this 10-year rule and how they botched it, not only will someone pay tax on it, they might have to pay tax at a significantly higher rate because they need to take it out in a, over a shorter time period. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah so that, that's where you need to have a vision for the, the money that's never had taxes paid on it. Who is going to pay the taxes? Because if you have a dollar that's never had taxes paid, the question is, can you run that through the tax ringer and and how close to a dollar can you get it on the other side? So is it the owner that should pay the taxes? Is it the beneficiary that should pay the taxes? Um, maybe, um, and it's not for this show, but that should, that money should go to a charity. Possibly. No one ever pays yeah, the taxes. Right. That, that's the scenario where the tax could be completely avoided. But sure. most scenarios, someone's going to pay the tax during their lifetime. Right. Okay. Well, well, so so when are some scenarios? You know, the, when 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 is the fruit? You know, Josh, I know you're doing a lot of planting this this season and hoping to have a nice garden, and I hope to enjoy Bountiful it as well. Bountiful harvest. And so, okay, so when will when is the fruit ripe for the picking with a Roth IRA? I know it depends on your overall financial plan, guys. This is once again a show about how you need a comprehensive financial approach to your financial decisions, your financial life. So you can't make this, if you hear one of the examples that Josh shares, you can't, if if that's you, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to do this. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. That should just prompt you to begin that discussion with your CFP. But what are some of the time periods when a Roth conversion may make sense? Well, so this is a kind of generic statement, but if your income is temporarily low, um, you know, maybe you've been in a high tax bracket in the past, and that's when you were saving money into a 401k or into that traditional IRA. You were motivated by tax savings in the year you earned it. But now you have this window of opportunity where your income's down, and maybe you're in a lower tax bracket. So you could uh, kind of redeem those dollars out of the IRA, get them into the Roth, and let them grow tax free. Sometimes we see this for folks who maybe retire before age 65 or be- before age 70. Maybe they're, no, they're uh, not yet starting Social Security, but they also don't have a paycheck anymore. If you can live off of other assets, you might find yourself in a lower tax bracket and an amazing 
gap of, of, of income here where you suddenly have years where Roth conversions could be could potentially make a ton of sense. Yeah. It did a Next Right Step video on this very topic uh, about a month ago. So if you're not a subscriber to the Wise Money YouTube show, go check it out because every single day during the work week, we've got content uh, about these types of, of topics. So Josh, that was the very first one that I had in the video. Second one that I'd consider, stock market crash. So that's a time when you look at your overall situation. And even if you say, well, I don't know, I mean, I, I might still be in this tax bracket in the future. Well, do you want that rebound when the stock market inevitably, inevitably rebounds? Do you want it to occur in a account where there's a future tax liability? Or do you want that rebound to occur in an account where there's no tax liability ever? Guys, I'm thinking back in 2010, there was a big change with legislation. I'm going to talk quick. They removed the income cap where you could all of a sudden do Roth conversions and they needed tax revenue so much. Imagine that, hmm. that they allowed you to do a Roth conversion and spread the tax over two years. I remember an individual at the time said, I'm going to convert all my money. It was over a half million dollars. Imagine converting, moving a half million dollars into a Roth IRA in 2010. What would that be worth today? All of it tax free. Okay, if you like that idea, is it right for you? What are the steps to be doing to do a Roth conversion so you avoid mistakes, capture this opportunity? We're going to share that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Roth conversion, should you do it, number one, and then number two, if you should by working with your CFP, how? What are the steps you've got to follow before you even pull that thing off? And, and we're going to help you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Okay, before we get into the steps that you need to take before you actually do the Roth conversion, what are some of the other reasons you might want to consider doing the Roth conversion? Yeah, I'm thinking of a scenario where maybe you've done the work with your certified financial planner to, to realize that your retirement is well-funded. Maybe it's even overfunded. When, when someone has extra money in their retirement nest egg, and you probably are not going to spend all, all these dollars, then the, the question becomes, well, what kind of money are you going to be leaving behind to your heirs, to the organizations you care about, the, the people left behind. And uh, often, um, you may find yourself also in a lower tax bracket than those people who might receive this money. And so if leaving behind an IRA is going to result in them paying more tax than you would have during your lifetime, a Roth conversion might make sense in, in a situation like that. And so I I think it's important that you not only take a multi-year approach to your tax planning, but also be paying attention to multi-generational tax planning. Thinking in terms of where is this income going to fall on a tax return and who's going to pay at the lowest possible rate. It might be you. And if so, converting uh, could make a, a lot of sense for the whole family. And, and that would be at a later stage in life. And I'll just plug this now. Coming up in a few weeks, we're going to be starting a series that we're going to spread out over several weeks about the big financial decisions you've got to make by decade, starting in your 70s and 60s and 50s. And 
And what Josh is pointing out is if you find yourself in your late 70s, early 80s and sitting around saying, I'm not paying much tax, you're probably not thinking about that. But maybe your kids (laughs) are starting to peer into your financial life to give you some assistance, make sure everything's in order. And if you're not paying any tax, that's the time period that Josh is talking about. You're looking saying, well, wait a second, if I don't need this money and I'm not paying any tax, but when the kids inherit it, they're going to have to pay some tax. Maybe I convert some right now. That's right. If, if you're in the 0% tax bracket, the 10%, the 12%, you just have to be considering this every single year. Yeah. It may even make sense when you go up into the 22% bracket or higher, depending on your circumstances. All right. I want to get into the steps. Let's get okay. into the steps. So the, if, you, if you're listening to any of this and you say, I, I think I need to consider this. I think this makes sense. I think I need to do it. What do you do? What are your steps? And the very first thing that you need to do is to do a tax projection. That's the very first thing. And not because we want to weed people out. <laughs> we would want to weed people out because that sounds terribly boring to 95% of the population. And, well, how many accountants are there out there in the world? Okay. <laughs> not enough. That, yeah, not enough. So maybe 94% of the population. That sounds terrible. You first need to do a trial run. Okay, what will this look like? If I do this... What will it, how will it impact my taxes? So guys, what more on the, on the tax projection? Why would this be the first step? Well, because any, any financial decision in a vacuum makes sense. And so you don't want to make decisions in a vacuum. You want to make these decisions within the context of your current financial life and your future financial life. Because by doing a tax projection, and again, we're not only are we fond of doing a tax projection for this year, but a multi-year tax projection, you can get some sort of sense for what tax bracket should I be in? Where should I be paying these dollars? Because a lot of times what will happen is there'll be a financial event and someone has some money that they hadn't been expecting. And you say, well, where do those dollars go? Maybe some of those dollars should be just dry powder that you're using to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you want to talk about a horrible, like do a tax projection and then use found money to pay taxes. Both of those, those, that all sounds horrible, but it it could be, it could position you for the future to have some diversity in your potential streams of income that will allow you the levers that you can move to adjust your taxable income. Mm -hmm. I would also point out that the tax code is just full of landmines. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that you could do to bring unintended consequences into your financial life. And you may be listening to a show about Roth conversions and thinking, yeah, I've, I've got to do this. I've been talking about it for years. It's time to pull the trigger. Well, hang on. Make sure that you are checking the math on this. Make sure that you are not going to throw yourself into too high of a tax bracket or cross certain thresholds of income that suddenly take other tax savings away. It it could result in you not only paying more tax, but then also losing certain tax benefits, which results in more tax yet again. Bingo. I mean, that that's the big idea. It's, it's to run the math to see, okay, how much, I mean, ultimately what you're trying to problem solve is how much Roth conversion should you do? And the answer to that lies in exactly what Josh just shared. 
how much before you get into that next tax bracket? How much before you start having other income pulled in and be taxable? How much until you lose some tax deductions? How much until you lose some tax credits? And so the big one for folks that are in retirement and maybe in the 0% tax is how much Roth conversion until your Social Security starts becoming taxable? And then after that, how much conversion so and and how much social security gets pulled along with it where your deductions aren't enough to fully take away all that income and so you've got to you've got to do all of that math and that's done in a roth conversion excuse me a a tax projection right and then and then keep going because you say okay now i'm paying tax on some social security do i stop there or do i pay tax on all my social security and you can get into a position where you're paying tax on almost all your social security, but you're not, you haven't yet filled up the 12% tax bracket. Right. Here, here's, here's a real life <laughs> scenario. We did this last fall and we did the taxes on it uh, this spring. It went, it went perfectly. So last fall, the, the folks that I was serving, they finally both turned 72 and they both have to take money from their IRA every single year to required minimum distribution. And when you total up their pensions, Social Security, and the two required distributions, that's all the money they needed. They didn't need any extra. And after all deductions, got their taxable income down to about 92000 So if you're not a tax expert, if married filing jointly, approximately after all your deductions, the first twenty grand is taxed at 10%. From twenty grand to eighty grand is taxed at 12. 80 to what is it, guys? 170, 160, something like that is in the 22% tax bracket. So for the rest of their life, they were going to be in the 22% tax bracket. Okay. But they were barely into it. They were in it by about 12 grand. So, okay, guys, for the rest of your life, because these pensions are never going away, the Social Security is never going away, your required minimum distribution is only going to go up from here. It goes up a little bit every single year. Obviously, it depends on how your account performs and all of that, but the the calculation forces you to take a little bit out every single year. So you're going to be in the third tax bracket every single year unless they drastically change the tax code, which is hard to fathom, okay? Um, You mean it's hard to fathom that they would make it any better? Correct. But it, it's not that hard to fathom that it could get worse right. in the future. Right. Um, you know, we, we have very low tax brackets by historical standards right now. So y- your income might not have to get that high to find yourself in a future tax bracket that's even higher. And so, and that's just Congress monkeying around with the brackets. I mean, they, they do that every so many years. And so just pay attention to the fact that we have a great opportunity to pay a little bit of tax. It might be avoiding even higher tax in the future. Absolutely. And one of the reasons we did a tax projection was we needed to make sure all of our ducks were in a row. But the other thing is how much could we convert and still keep our adjusted gross income below the limit where we'd have to pay more for Medicare. So uh, more of the steps that you need to follow to do a Roth conversion, that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are the steps that you need to go through before, before you do a Roth conversion? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, follow us there. Subscribe to the show and and leave questions, comments. If you like the content, like the content. Lots of content is posted there. Go check it out. 
All right, so we're in the we're we're into all right. You've you've already worked with your CFP to determine okay, does a Roth conversion make sense? Is, is this something you should consider? And where you're you're now working through the steps before you do the Roth conversion. Step one: do a tax projection. Do the math. Figure out how much should you actually uh, be converting. The second step is determine how you're going to pay the tax on the Roth conversion. You actually have some choice. And as Josh was teaching, explaining what the Roth conversion is, you're moving dollars from your IRA to your Roth IRA. Anytime money comes out of your IRA, it's got to be reported as taxable income. So this is a taxable event. Um, The question, though, is how are you going to pay the tax on the Roth conversion? Mm-hmm. And that's an important question to ask because what a lot of people would say is, well, I'll just peel some money off the top as the money leaves the IRA and goes to the Roth. I'll send a portion of it off to Uncle Sam and to my local state um, taxes and everything. The, the issue is if you're under age 59 and a half, that portion that got sent to the government to cover the tax was not converted. And so it, it's subject to not only you have to pay tax on it, but also a 10% penalty. And, you know, we, we generally don't like people paying 10% penalties. It's just kind of waste in your financial life. It's not doing anything for you. And so coming up with an alternate source of income uh, is important in a situation like that if you're under age 59 and a half. So I, I often think of people who have just inherited some, some cash or maybe you just got a big bonus. Maybe uh, your commission checks are extra large right now and you're just flush with a little bit more cash. Having that money available, yes, you could just go contribute it to an account or you could just invest it in some mutual funds, or you can use it to cover the tax on a Roth conversion and get more money into that tax-free environment. Well, avoid the penalty if you're so basically the Roth conversion, moving dollars from the IRA to the Roth IRA, if you're not 59 and a half, that's no problem. There's no 10% penalty in doing that as long as every dollar you took out of your IRA lands in your Roth IRA. But in order to cover the tax bill, if you decide to withhold taxes on that strategy, then every dollar that you that comes out of your IRA is not landing in your Roth. And therefore, yes, it still would be taxable because it came out of your IRA, but there would be a 10% penalty on those tax withholdings. So if you're younger than age 59 and a half, yeah, I don't like the idea of doing withholdings. If you're older than age 59 and a half, I don't like the idea of doing tax withholdings. I don't because the name of the game is two with the Roth conversion. Here's the here's the strategy. I want to pay as much tax at the lowest possible brackets. Yep, that's why I would do a Roth conversion. But then the second name of the game is I want to get as much money growing tax-free as possible. And if I withhold taxes, that means yep, I've I've, you know, paid a, a lot of tax at low at low rates, but I don't have as much money as I possibly could growing tax-free in my Roth. Right. Yeah. There are because here's what you want to think about: there are two potential candidates to be employed in the Roth IRA, or said a different way, there are two ways to get money into the Roth IRA. One is to contribute, and if you've got uh, if you got income uh, up to seven thousand dollars, if you're fifty plus, you can put seven thousand into a Roth IRA. So that's a contribution. And the other way is the conversion, and that's what we're talking about. And if you use part of your conversion to pay taxes, you took eligible money that could be deployed in the Roth IRA, and you deployed it 
for the purposes of paying taxes. So this is where we want to be very, very specific when we give names and purposes to these dollars. We want we want this stuff working for us instead of the other way around. That's exactly right. You know, I would talk to maybe one more group. If if you have traditionally had bigger refunds uh, at tax time, maybe you've just been having extra taxes withheld at work or something like that, and and you just always are getting a, a big refund when you file your taxes in the spring. It's possible that um, you know maybe you're not being as efficient from a tax standpoint. And that could actually represent some of the dollars to cover the tax on a Roth conversion. In other words, by doing a Roth conversion at the right level, you might be kind of mopping up some of that liquidity, some of that extra cash that would come on the tax return. And yes, it might mean that, uh, okay, that's not vacation money, or that's not new couch money, or, or big screen TV, but it could be way more valuable to you to actually use it to cover a, a Roth conversion. Okay, so that that's a great point. And this goes back to step one, why you want to do the tax projection first. I was working with some folks that were, their their income was transitioning. And so we did the tax projection. And Well, we already knew they were going to be in a lower tax bracket this year. And so I had already primed the pump. We I taught Roth conversion and they were on board. Yep, we're going to do this. And so now it got time to actually, all right, let's start the process. And as we're sharing that process with you right now. The first step is do uh, tax projection. Turns out, because their income was lumpy, they had a lot more withholdings than we projected. They'd traditionally broken even on their taxes every year. It's, they weren't used to getting a big tax refund. They were set to get about six grand back. And so when, but we already knew we were going to do this Roth conversion. So I shared this with them and everything, but we converted, I think, I don't know, 20 some grand and we didn't withhold anything mm-hmm. and they didn't have to pay mm-hmm. an estimate. It just, it just, we mopped up, like you said, Josh, good analogy, some of the tax refund that was going to be there anyway. So, so be careful. Yes, you can with, uh, you can withhold taxes on a Roth conversion. Be careful doing that. Be careful if you're age 59 and a half or, or younger than age 59 and a half. And be careful if you have other dollars that could pay the tax instead, whether that's refund or not, because withholding taxes on the Roth conversion means less money is showing up in your Roth to grow tax-free. So, and, and should we say anything about the the possibility of a 60-day rollover and in, in that – or not? Well, I'm <laughs> I don't, sorry. I don't care. I feel like we're in between shows and, and not uh, actually live here. So you just keep going, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So those are the first two steps. You got to figure out, uh, you got to do a tax projection, see how much should you contribute? What are some of the consequences? Does everything shape up the way you want it to? And then that tells you how much tax there is. So you then can proceed to step two and how are you going to pay that tax? Step three is you've got to decide which investments you're going to convert from your IRA and then what you'll invest in in your Roth IRA. Well, isn't that just normal? It's not. It's mm-hmm. not. Let's talk about it. Well, I mean, you've maybe heard us say on this show that um, accounts like a Roth Roth IRA, they're often thought of as your longest-term money. You know, the money that you can let it grow as long as possible, way out into the future, maybe even past your lifetime, and it will be inherited by your kids or grandkids someday. And and the reason for that is any any growth that's occurring in a Roth IRA is tax-free. So how long do we want tax-free growth? Forever if we could, Yeah. right? Um, And so to me, choosing investments that are more growth-oriented, maybe they have a little bit more volatility. You can stomach a little bit more swing when you know you're not touching this money um, for, for decades potentially. So to me, 
don't be too conservative with your Roth money would be kind of the moral of the story there. Yeah, I would consider what to which dollars, which investments to convert from maybe investments that are down in value a little bit or um, so so maybe stock type investments or if you've got a diversified stock portfolio and a few areas are have gone down in value think you know emerging markets or something like that uh, small caps or something, something like that and then so and then when you get into the Roth IRA con- converting that and then investing in something that still has high growth potential you wouldn't want to convert bond investments and keep them in bonds and Roth for most people. Okay, you got to work with your CFP to see if that makes sense for you or not. All right, a couple more steps left on the Roth conversion. That more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Go check it out. Wherever you listen to podcasts, search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it or follow us there and then rate the program as well. We appreciate it. Can't tell you how many people that we've just run into or talked to this uh, as the spring gets started here. Oh, yeah, we were on the road trip for spring break or whatever, and we just binge listened to a bunch of episodes. So you can do that on podcast, just search The Wise Money Show and follow us there. Okay, we're we're talking about the steps of doing a Roth conversion. Most people don't think about all these different things that need to be done before you actually execute the Roth conversion. But guys, this, this is the process. You do the tax projection to make sure you know that you're not going to create any unintended consequences. And that also helps you determine exactly how much to do how much Roth conversion to do and how much tax you need to figure out. And then that's step two, how are you going to pay the tax? We really don't want to withhold taxes on a Roth conversion. Sometimes you have to, you really don't want to. Kevin, bonus content on YouTube, shared a creative strategy to cover the taxes um, that you might want to consider. Work with your CFP on that. Go to YouTube, search uh, The Wise Money Show, follow us there, and you'll you'll catch that additional idea. Um, Third, you've got to figure out which investment strategies you want to pull out of the IRA to do the Roth conversion, and then what investment strategy do you want to use in your Roth. The Roth dollars should be typically your higher risk dollars so that you have more growth potential in the future because that's the benefit of the Roth. The fourth step before you execute the Roth conversion, you've got to decide when to do the Roth conversion. We're not just talking in theory, yeah, when is right. No, no, no. What time of year to do it? Hmm. Well, uh, so I guess there's a couple of schools of thought on this. One might be, well, the earlier the better, right? If this is going to be uh, tax-free growth from this day forward, well, when do we get the clock ticking on, on that uh, tax-free growth? Because four out of five years on average, are, are, are positive in the market. Mm-hmm. So do it in January, right? Do it, do it January 2nd. So that's one school of thought. Yeah, uh, you could also time it based on when is the market happen, when does it happen to be in a dip of some sort? So the market's down, maybe you say, if the market ever goes down 10, 15% in a year, that's my timing, I'm gonna do my Roth conversion at that, that point. And you'd be in luck because on average, there is a peak to trough drop of around 13% every single year in the stock market. So that's the second time. The third time is end of the year. Yeah. Because the risk with doing the Roth conversion too early is they got rid of something. Kevin, I'm going to have you explain this. They got rid of something called the Roth recharacterization. 
or the the conversion recharacterization. Okay, yeah, the undo button. The undo button. Well, and so um, so if you do it too soon, and then all of a sudden you get a surprise bonus, or you or or someone passes away and you receive some dollars that for some reason are taxable to you. I don't know. Like if something comes up and changes your tax picture, that could change the amount that you could. I mean, you could change whether you should have done a Roth conversion to begin with. Yeah, or right. you're a business owner and you're on a cash basis and you don't know what checks are going to come in before the end of the year. Right. That's a good so point. It, yeah. it could, it could switch your income. So it used to be that you could do a Roth conversion and then you could recharacterize it. So when we were doing this, it didn't have to be exact science because you'd say, well, if it if it made sense to convert twenty thousand, let's convert thirty and see how it goes. And in the event we want to, we can peel back, all, uh, you know, some. We could actually peel back all of it if the the surprise was big enough. And and now we cannot do that. So mm-hmm. the, the the precision with which we calculate the tax burden on the conversion is much, much, much more important now. That's right. I mean, <laughs> as much as we talk about doing tax projections on this show, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm a bit of a chicken when it comes to, to doing conversions too early in the year because of those unknowns. It all depends on uh, how stable is someone's income. Are there potential curveballs flying at you? Are they a business owner, as you said, mm-hmm. Kevin? Um, is their income very, um, does it vary from year to year quite a bit? So to me, ironically, when we talk about tax projections, I like to do it late in the year so that you're not projecting too many months worth of income. Yeah. You're knowing a whole bunch of months mm-hmm. worth of income. Yeah. So it's in the books, you, you know, I mean, cause I, I feel a little schizophrenic when it comes to this because I'm like convert January 2nd. That gives me 15 months to pay the taxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that so I've got that money and time is on my side. But I also like doing it in late November, early December, because I've got 10 twelfths of the year behind me. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing. When we started this show talking about when would you consider doing a Roth conversion? What are some of the times? And the very first time is, oh, I, my income's lower than what I expected this year. And so what if you just tie this together, that means those of you that should be considering Roth conversions have some, I don't know, variability in your income. And yet to do the Roth conversion right away in the year is really for someone that has stability in their income, right? right? And so it's, it, it yeah, Josh, I'm, uh, if you're chicken, I'm I'm chicken two or something. Ch- chicken little, <laughs> because uh, yeah, absolutely. I want to do it as soon as early as possible in the year. I just am finding that doesn't make sense for many people. If it does, fantastic. Yeah. But if not, you know, in and and January second of 2020, did you know 70 percent of the or did 30 percent of the people expect to lose their jobs uh, four months later? No. Did we expect a shutdown? I remember at a pizza joint with a friend saying, and, and saying, have you heard about this COVID thing? What's going on in Wuhan? And I had to pretend like, oh, yeah, I, I know. That was, the, that was the end of January. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. And a month later, we were all in lockdown. So you just don't know. Like income can change. Yeah. And so just you, anyway. That's exactly right. I have a client who every year we know we're going to do a Roth conversion because they happen to be, he's retired. But they're waiting until age 70 to start drawing Social Security. 
So we're, we're living off of taxable investments. Mm-hmm. So they have a, a significant portfolio, but that taxable portfolio can kick off an unpredictable amount of income from year to year, depending on what kind of capital gains get pushed through to their tax return and everything. So we, we know we're going to do it. In fact, we're even setting aside the money to pay the tax each year, but we don't pull the trigger until the end of the year when we know how everything has, has shaken out. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, those are the steps. Once you've, once you've confirmed that, yep, a Roth, a, or a Roth conversion makes sense by doing a tax projection, and we already shared there's several things that you clarify doing that, then you decide how are you going to cover the tax, and then what investment strategy am I going to pull from, and which, what will my investment strategy be in the Roth? And then fourth, when are you going to do it? You're going to do it earlier in the year? You're going to wait for a pullback in the market? Hopefully there is one. You're going to do it at the end of the year. Once you decide that, then you're ready. You're, you're ready to pull the trigger at the right time to execute the Roth conversion, whether that's you know signing paperwork or whether that's logging in, or hopefully that's just communicating to your, your CFP and your CFP just takes care of it for you. That's right. That's the process. You know, this is one of the times when having your IRA and your Roth IRA under the same management with the same company just helps so much with the logistics. Yeah. You know, it, it's so much easier to be able to do the the tax projection, work out the right amount of, of conversion, and then just let your certified financial planner handle it. Often with no paperwork involved or anything. Isn't that? I mean, it shouldn't. Isn't that one of the steps? You've got to have a Roth IRA open at the same custodian. Can you do a Roth conversion from one custodian to the next? I, I, you can, but I don't. I don't know that anyone would. I mean, it's just messier, right? Yeah. Yeah. I. I'm not even sure you can. <laughs> I I think there is a way. But you well, you can do an indirect rollover. You can receive a distribution from a traditional IRA and contribute it to a Roth IRA within 60 days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you do the trustee to trustee or direct rollover. Well, so I, but really, what you're talking about is the same trustee transfer. Yeah, like, I, yeah. And which yeah, that would just be messy. So yes, you obviously you have an IRA open because that's where you're doing the Roth and, conversion and, from. But you need a Roth IRA open. Yeah, I mean this is, but this, this is yeah. all you know how the sausage is made stuff. Like people, most folks want to know what time it is. They don't want to know how to build a watch. Yep. Yeah. And so if you are a financial delegator, make sure you're delegating this to your certified financial planner. Okay. If if you're going through the process of opening up a Roth IRA because you're going to do the conversion for the very first time. Mm -hmm. So you have IRA money, you don't have a place for it to land yet, so you're going to open a new Roth IRA. Um, I I would give you a homework assignment to let that also prompt you to check all the beneficiaries on all your accounts when you're setting up that account. When you open the Roth IRA, one of the forms that you're going to sign is, who receives this money if I were to pass away prematurely? And uh, so you're already thinking about it. It's, it's fresh ideas that are going on that beneficiary form. Well, make sure that they still match your other intentions as well. So, you know, taking intervals like this, these types of events or milestones um, to, to hit the refresh button or to check again to make sure that things as, as small in detail like who is listed as a beneficiary, it's important to just do that periodically. And you know, even when you're diligent at this, you can get accounts that just aren't consistent. So cleaning that stuff up, I think, is important periodically. Yep. Okay. Uh, last thing that I would share, and then we're going to hit a question from fan of the show that's related to this, and that is, 
all of this, this entire show, this is not a substitute for financial planning. You got to be working with your CFP and look at all the reasons why should you do this? Should you not do this? And then walk through that plan, work with your CFP, make sure that CFP is doing comprehensive financial planning. Otherwise, you mentioned Roth conversion and they're going to, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, good idea. Do it, <laughs> you know, as opposed to following these steps. All right. So fan of the show, big Tony, uh, has a, a couple questions in the bank, by the way, next week, we're going to be doing a show of just questions from fans of the show, but he said, Hey, I thought taxes owed on a Roth conversion had to be paid within the quarter that the conversions made recently. You mentioned waiting until tax time to pay them. If so, it makes sense to do the conversion early in the year and then waiting the 12 to 16 months to pay it. Here's the deal. You've got to know your situation, right? If you have enough taxes already paid in and withheld to cover safe harbor, meaning you're not going to have a penalty, then yeah, wait to pay them at tax time, okay? If you're not going to meet safe harbor, then, yeah, you you are either going to want to withhold on that Roth conversion, which we already said is a no-no, or second, you're going to want to pay an estimate in the amount that, well, to get you to safe harbor or to cover the tax in the quarter that you do the Roth conversion. Anything else to add on there, guys? No, I mean, you could you could also do the 60-day rollover, but that's absolutely a little more complexity. Mm-hmm. I work with your CFP uh, on that for sure, and, and Tony, uh, Big Tony... Uh, Big Tony, love it, uh, on YouTube. (laughs) Great questions, right? You've got a few more in here that we're hoping to hit next week as well. But this one, yeah, work with your CFP. Make sure that you're you're in safe harbor and that you pay the the right amount. It's very possible that you should do this earlier in the year and then have a bigger tax bill later on. But you'd want to avoid penalty. So... All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. I spent the last segment trying to solve Wordle. Okay. <laughs> securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.